Nothing. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. This movie, absolute turd. <laughs> that started the that's recording. The, that's the first thing that recorded, Hansy. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you who haven't seen this movie, you're all turds. But, uh, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. <laughs> and yeah, welcome. And yeah, we're looking at Captain America, First Avenger. Came out, what, 2011? 2011, best year ever. Fifth installment yeah. in the uh, MCU. And uh, it, it actually leads into the first Avengers movie, which is pretty crazy. Mm. Um, so, initial feels on the movie when you guys first saw it. I'm going to let Hansy take this one. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> let me just set the scene, boys and girls. Uh, it was 2011. We were in grade 11. We were in our formal years. Well, sorry, Fitzy was in grade 10. <laughs> me and Zito decided to go on our first date together. And we went oh, yeah. uh, with his parents. They chaperoned us. It was beautiful. We got a really good Subway sandwich. We went to Shell Harbor Cinemas. We sat down for the viewing of up to that stage. And I just want to clarify that for everyone out there before they start sending me hateful emails. The greatest Marvel movie that had ever been made. Um, look, I, I, we, we'll get into it maybe when we discuss it. But boys, brilliant casting. Brilliant casting in this movie. Uh, I, look, we, I don't know where, where we... Initial reactions to the movie when I watched it, I, I actually did really enjoy it. Now, I know we can get into it and be like, oh, wasn't that good, whatever. Um, but initial reactions, I actually really enjoyed the movie. And I think that people slag on the movie too much. That's my, that's my opinion. But I think that you wouldn't have a lot of the MCU without this movie. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, Caleb, Grant said the last podcast, the Iron Man one has defined the last decade. Would you say Captain America has defined the last 10 years of your life? Like uh well i am going for a, i am going for a winter soldier look at the moment so potentially uh but i don't know i think the i think yes i i actually wasn't here for the last podcast that's true thanks for pointing that out and everyone else now knows that i was a psycho i appreciate that bro but but i i do think that you can't have iron man one without this movie and you can't have this movie without iron man one as in like what they bring to the mcu and then what we end up finishing it out with in Endgame, where we're currently up to for the most part in the in the cinematic universe, you can't have that payoff without this movie and Iron Man. So I think in in some ways this brings the balance to to what Iron Man one was in in in, in one way. So yeah, there you go. I think probably <laughs> you were saying you were saying people like slagging this movie off. One of the things, chance probably how cheesy some of it is. <laughs> and it's that cheesiness of Captain America. Like, yeah. he's your perfect star spangled. He's a like, uh, boy scout. The, he's the, a star -spangled spangled man. Man, the star he's spangled the man. The star spangled man of um, yeah. the, uh, and so he, yeah. And so it was just like that whole thing. Like, even his little one liners, I can do this all day and blah, blah. Which is so that's probably why some people. Yeah, so. <laughs> but he can he can do that all day, just to clarify. <laughs> I'll ask it for you. I agree. I agree that it is a little like the, I, I, I mean, Zeta rewatched the movie today, which is yeah. like living our, our first date we had back in. So it was like a, a nine year, was it nine years ago? Yeah. yeah did, nine you watch year. It, did you watch it at the same time? We were actually pretty, like it was close. <laughs> close we, yeah. didn't, we didn't, I was, we didn't have I was already watching it. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like we had a Netflix party together or whatever, but we did watch it. 
Um, but like, I'd, yeah, look, it was cheesy, but also it's like if we were to go back now and time jump back to 1945 or whenever the movie set, like it, it would be cheesy. Like I think that what, what we say people spoke to each other in that way, like the formality they would use, the way they interacted with people, like it was cheesy. So I think that has to play into it. Like it's a period movie. It's not like they're making 19, Avengers 1942, one. by the way. Yeah, 42, 40s, yeah. sorry. Thanks, thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a period movie. Like, it's not it's not made yeah. in 2020 or whatever. It's period, so. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm jumping onto this. Um, Address so, the elephant in the room. Let's go. Yeah, okay. So, I won't... <laughs> I won't okay, so what I think I'll say is, with it all, and this, this really comes down to expectation, was... I think when I was going in, like we noticed with the Thor movie, I found Thor was like a mixture of, say, sword and sandal, 300 jazz mixed with superhero type mm. um, genre. So when I went into this, I think I was, it's kind of funny, what Wonder Woman is now is what I was expecting Captain America to be then, which was the idea of this contrast between the war that was going on at the time with this superhero and this perfect guy that's coming in with this perspective. But so when I went in and they were mainly not focusing on the Nazis, like, no, we won't focus on the Nazis. We'll focus on Hydra and more on that side. I um, had an issue with that. But in hindsight, looking at it, I noticed they were going more for that whole Pulp Fiction type thing that at the time, like Caleb said, the comic books and the novels would have had that cheesiness. It would have had that real type over the topness to it that really fits um, the first Avenger. So I think... That was my issue coming in was I was expecting more too much of like um, a gritty war movie in a superhero world, but rather they'll provide more like now this is what a superhero movie would have looked like in the forties. Mm, yeah. And did you you enjoyed Wonder Woman, I'm guessing? At the time, yeah. I, I've had my different opinions about it over, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, it's over the years. But yeah yeah. 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 It's a fairly average movie, Wonder Woman. It's average because it doesn't have Chris Evans, it's got Chris Pine, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> wrong Chris, oh, that's wrong Chris. Yeah. they stuffed it up there look David I probably agree with you bro I think that uh, I think my, my biggest issue with the movie and I'll rewatch it today is I act this is controversial I don't think the Alien Commando should have been in the movie That's I genuinely think that I, 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 we can get into that I think there was no like what purpose did they play in the movie there was like a couple yeah. of scenes with them they go to that bar after they escape uh, from Austria uh, when they free Bucky and they kind of had this plan to like go back in. And then we just get the cheesiest montage scene ever in the history of movies. The montage scene um, ruined it for me. That yeah. ruined, like for, for so many people, including you, I remember, it ruined the whole movie, that one montage scene. Like, that, yeah. that, that ruined everything. So it's like, if you don't have that, and him and Bucky just decide to go back for one more mission to free people or something, it, it makes a whole different element to the story when you don't have that montage scene. So it's just but, like, yeah. yeah. But do you think the Howling Commandos is marvel looking ahead like we're at the time they were going essentially like so it wouldn't surprise me now if the howling commandos tv or something was made true and there's a true. lot of people calling for something like that true but but at the time, what they were thinking yeah but at the time we obviously didn't have the um because obviously i think was agents of shield the first marvel tv show that came out yeah for yeah. the mcu I'd for, say, for yeah. the mcu universe yeah, yeah. and yeah. that was that was post avengers so we obviously didn't have that world um back in 2011 so it's kind of like it just yeah to me when i first watched it talking about initial reactions i left it kind of going like why are they in this movie like mm -hmm. as much as i thought it was cool because we knew who the howling commandos were yeah, yeah yeah i actually was more annoyed about it 
Yeah. It would have just been a comic Easter egg. It would have been for the guys that like him to go, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I didn't commandos. say it that way. They just yeah, put it in there to I satisfy. I guess so. But look, I think, like, okay, so back to the point. If he went and fr- in that original mission when he goes and frees um, Bucky back in Austria, if he had freed them then and they were like, hey, we're such and such and from the Howling Commandos, like that would have been enough to be an Easter egg, like if you just said it. Yeah. But then, like, because they then went on with it back at the bar and made a big deal about meeting the characters, like, we didn't really get much more after that bar scene about their character development. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. No, 100%. But even going to the point with, like, Bucky, like, you guys remember we were watching, was it Earth's Mightiest Heroes at the time? Yes. Yeah. And you remember yeah. how dramatic Bucky's death was in that. So coming to movie, I was like, oh, he's going to have this big scene for him. But his death was very just... It happened and then we moved on. It's like, all right, this guy's gone. It's like, Bucky, and then that's it, I found. But in hindsight now, it's fine because of the Winter Soldier and what we've seen yeah. since then. But at True. the time, when I was not expecting Bucky to come back, where I wasn't expecting to go down that route, I was like, are you serious? Like, they did this better in the cartoons. Well, from my perspective, what I saw anyway. Well, that was one of the things I was going to say. Well, in regards to, to the Helling Commandos, I was going to say, well, I do kind of agree with the fact that, okay, maybe there was no point to them being in there. But on the other end, you could say maybe there were maybe there were an aspect of the movie that was just straight up overlooked or underused or mm. not, not done well enough, but they could have done a bit better. And in the same way, you had uh, yeah, Bucky's death. And I think another one for me, I thought maybe, because like even Erskine's death, um, I felt was like, oh, I, I didn't really feel anything when he died. You know what I mean? Mm. Was it because you were expecting it, but Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I thought there'd be more to it. But, like, but yeah. Marvel's never been great at that. Like, yeah, as in all their movies, the well, only... <laughs> Agent Coulson, before he came back. Yeah, but, like, the only death they've done good was um, Thor's mum. Black Widow? That's yeah, later. I'm, I'm you, talking, can't, you can't compare uh, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking back Anything, then. Like the, Endgame, Infinity War. Oh, oh, we're talking yeah. about back then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah like one, the only I good death, yeah, and yeah. that was probably because of com- composition more than anything else, is Thor's mum. The rest yeah. of the deaths are pretty average. Like, Marvel doesn't harp on them too long. Less, oh, yeah, they're dead. Continue. Yeah, okay. No emotions. Although, in, re- in re-watching it today, I will say that, obviously, like, for us that had been watching Earth Mightiest Heroes, and, like, if you know anything about the, the, the comic books, like, you, you pretty much knew Bucky was probably going to die. Yeah. Um, for those that don't, don't know, you wouldn't have. But I didn't realise, because I spoilers. guess at the time... Yeah, sorry. Spoilers, Bucky dies. He comes back, it's Winter Soldier, we'll do it later. Um, <laughs> but in the, in the scene when they go back to Austria, when, when they're walking across the beam, and then you have that really cheesy Captain America jump across the like the yeah. ledge I, I was watching it going like if i had been if i knew he was going to die as much as what i know now at the time i probably might have thought he was going to die then like as in it's almost yeah. like they were hinting at it throughout the whole movie and then eventually yeah. he he falls off the, the train or whatever it is so yeah mm. okay yeah there's actually mm. an easter egg in that bit you know where um um this is like just not really with that related but it's an easter egg you know where cap uh he asked cap about is this revenge for um going on the cyclone the thing at Coney Island. Oh yeah, yeah. That that very ride is the same one um, Spider Man sitting on in um, Homecoming. Oh wow! Oh really? Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, where he fights Vulture or something. Oh yeah, at the right. end. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah yeah. So uh, I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Real random reference. <laughs> yeah yeah. 
So do we agree that the issues that are in this film is when they're focusing too much for setting up for the, for the future? Because even like that montage scene, I think the issue with that was more like, we've got to get to Avengers. You know, Avengers yeah. is coming out very soon. We need to set up for that. Is, do, do we agree that's mainly where the issues are coming from? Yeah. But yeah, I think they, uh, they do focus. I think they do character development well, even though some scenes are pretty brief and relationships between characters are pretty brief. Well, like a lot of movies do that well, where sometimes the shortest relationships can have like the biggest impact. But I found yeah. like a lot of like just small conversations and exchanges between Cap and Bucky, obviously, like even though there wasn't, I feel like there wasn't much of them together in the movie. Okay. And him mm. and, well, I, I feel like there could have been more like, is in like in, in comparison to... I don't know, whatever it is. And even with Erskine, like the scenes were pretty short, but like, I guess there was a lot in the dialogue between them that developed obviously a solid relation. But cause like maybe for me personally, like adding to the less impact in Bucky's death, I thought, uh, the relationship, unless you know how it is in the comics, it also didn't have that much impact because maybe they didn't really develop their, um, relationship with one another in the movie itself. Well, that's mm. the thing. Like in the comics, Bucky's more of like a Robin type character, like a younger mm. sort of a who looks up to Captain America. While in the films, they're the same age essentially, just they've more gone more like a brother type relationship instead of like a I don't know father type role. I think Mark, you can correct me on this if you want. Yeah, but, yeah. So well, I haven't I haven't read too many that have. Bucky, but probably in a lot of the new comics, it's post time skip, blah blah. So that's that's why it goes back to the the Batman Robin relationship because it's oh, your okay. uh, he's he's thought out. He's now part of the Avengers. Like they're yeah. all it's modern day. Mm. Yeah, I do think though they played are uh, they portrayed Bucky's loyalty to him well enough in the movie because there was no like inferiority complex or anything with Bucky and Cap like it was usually um, Bucky looking out for him especially at the beginning like that um scene with the uh uh the first time he says I can do this all day but then when he get, he rescues him Bucky's just like oh well you're big now and then throughout the movie they just work together like really well yeah, I guess like happy for him yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess like a lot of the things we're discussing as far as like hey these are some problems with the movie even was Bucky in, in it enough with cap and like if you're if you were directing the movie or if you were kevin feige producing it and whatever you probably would say like i don't know i'm assuming they knew a lot more than we knew and they knew hey winter soldier's coming and look i think a lot of things fell into place i mean you got the russo brothers to direct it which added a whole other element to winter soldier but it's like if you knew what you knew and they were like you know people's criticism was like there's not enough bucky um there's bits that are cheesy like you would go and most of us agree now all these problems that are a bit minor are kind of rectified by that movie. Like we don't have any, yeah. we don't have that major issues with them now yeah. because yeah. like, like yeah. Bucky comes, Bucky comes back on screen and you instantly, if you've seen first Avenger, are like, wow, they've got a relationship. Like, you know, yeah. so yeah. Do we want to talk about Red Skull? Is it too early? Oh. Yeah, we can. There's yeah. so much. Like, yeah. Hugo weaving. Uh, he crushes it. I think he crushes yeah. it. Easy. Like I, yeah. He does a good job. Yeah, Elrond. It's, a, it's good to talk about him because uh, for years I just keep he hearing for everyone, 
Loki is the best villain in the MCU. But to me, I, I understand because Red Skull has only had one movie. And yeah. I understand that like the female mobs, sorry for singling that out, have more would have more of an interest in Loki than they would for Red Skull. Oh yeah. But why? Because well, Hiddleston. Because Hiddleston. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> He's got a red face. Why would I like? <laughs> hey, some some might. You never know, James. True. Yeah. I love those sunken in <laughs> hollow cheeks. <laughs> the, the goths. The, the emos and the goths are into the red skull. Uh, but yeah, I don't feel like the Red Skull gets enough credit. And I don't know if that's because he has one single film or they, mm. I don't know, but I feel like he really works well as a villain. Did, yeah. did many of us think, because I did when I watched it, that he, oh, he'll come back for sure? Like as in, yeah. when yeah, I finished I the movie, I was sure. like, oh, he killed it. Like, And I know yeah. a lot of it is Hugo Weaving, like just refused, flat out refused to come back yeah. um, for whatever reason. But I, I actually think as far as, you raised a good point, David, the whole Loki, um, Red Skull comparison because I think when you're listing your top like your Marvel movies in the first phase like the you kind of got the Hulk um, Iron Man Cap and then and Thor and I think we can all probably agree like even though I love this movie I think Iron Man is still number one in in that phase because it's Iron Man but I think it kind of comes down to do you prefer Cap over Thor like that's where you you got your listings as far as the movies and we can debate and argue that all day but I think as much as I like Loki and it's cool, I think Red Skull to me is more of a pure movie villain, like a comic book villain. Yeah. Like yeah. he is kind of that, like when you open up a comic book and you're it's reading something that's like out, out there, weird, like whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I think Red Skull is that is that villain. So it does it doesn't help that he's pretty much portrayed as like a cosmic Hitler. Like, yeah, yeah. He's like your ultimate wearing the black leather. I think Grand I think it helps for the. Yes. Um, the setting. Oh yeah, oh, no. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I mean, oh, sorry. Doesn't oh, help. I, wrong words. Like oh, popularity. Yeah, but like he comes around. Like he's a good villain because he comes out as the perfect villain. Oh, okay, yeah, big yeah. black leather like... trench coat. Like <laughs> everything just works. He's yeah. got the German accent, Captain America. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> but like, never likes it. Yeah. <laughs> Where will I see? Yeah. <laughs> um, not the scratch, Doctor. Not the scratch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I think I said in the last one too, the reason I really like Stain is like, there's just no, there's no two sides to, I think more so Red Skull. There's no two sides to him. He's straight up uh-huh. all for himself, all for the glory of Hydra or whatever. He's just they're evil because like, they're evil. Yeah, exactly. And there's no sympathizing with him. Well, mm-hmm. we'll we'll throw out uh, whatever he was in Endgame, which, to be honest, I still don't know what that was. Yeah, that's strange. It was still cool, but yeah, yeah. Like a Grim Reaper type thing, because they probably thought, oh, he's got a skull face. Yeah, he's the Grim Reaper. Why not? <laughs> do, you know, do you know what would be awesome is is a TV show about Red Skull? Like, what, between what happened between him touching the Tesseract and when we see him in Endgame? Like, what actually... Because I'm sure they can come up with... I mean, I know a lot of people, like, he got sent there because he touched the, the infinity stone and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to me, that's just like a poor excuse. Like he's just been sitting there for years. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's been there for doing nothing. years. Yeah. <laughs> Unless so, like, time not, is no different one, or something. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. What about, it's interesting. Like, he what looks about, a bit like a Dementor, sorry. yeah. What, what is it? He looks like a bit like a Dementor from Harry Potter. Oh, in the, in the, in the <laughs> That's what he did between then and now. <laughs> Preserve Azkaban. <laughs> yeah, he went to Azkaban. The ultimate yeah. crossover. He, he needed a, he needed a job for a while. 
Yeah, he's like, no one, no one's coming here for a while, so I'm gonna have to go do another film. <laughs> what are you saying, Fitz? Uh, I was saying that. No, I was gonna say like, if we want to have a show about him, do you want to have like a marriage at first sight type show? But <laughs> yeah, I'd be down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just anything. <laughs> the new Bachelor, Red Skull. Maybe, the, maybe in like the Marvel What If series or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. Come There's back. potential for that for sure. Yeah. Well, like he's just Bachelor the and the What If. He's just shacking up with Black Widow now for sure. Oh, <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. He's not really dead, bro. <laughs> okay. we, don't, we, we literally, we don't know what he is now. Yeah. He's, he's, got, he's got Gamora and Black Widow. They're just chilling. I know. <laughs> on the booty uh, train. So We've got all the colours. White, green, red. He's like the Mark Malika of Marvel. <laughs> uh... I think another thing, uh, yeah, obviously Malika touched on, he was like the uh, Hydra Hitler or whatever. Um, I, I never actually said what I enjoyed about the movie. And obviously I was hyped at the time to just go see a movie uh, on our first, <laughs> on first date with Chance or whatever it was. But um, I, one of the aspects I enjoyed was like, anytime a movie is set in a different era, of course, like for me personally, I get drawn to it just because it's different for whatever we have now. And yeah, it was perfect in the '90s, like all that stuff with um, uh, the Nazi and Hydra references, and then you had the propaganda scenes with like that was one of the things after Cap's transformation. They just had him selling bonds and punching Hitler, and uh, yeah, a lot of the music was like very '40s, and I thought that was pretty cool. That grew on me more now. At the time, I was like, "What's this?" But I like it now. So again, it, that comes back to perception. But continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. Also, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Zed. Oh, I was just gonna say it's it does it does appear cheesy. Yeah, but it was also the reason Captain America was made. So you go mm. back to when Captain America was originally written, and it was propaganda. Propaganda, yeah, straight up. Yeah. Same as same same as Superman, and mm. they were written as propaganda against the Nazis and commies and all of that. Was Wonder so, Woman like for? I don't even know, but I'm just guessing he was she for feminist. Was World War Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. was that a feminist? There's um, a lot. There's actually a possibly. weird story behind that. Like, okay, we'll save not, it. Yeah, a very, very <laughs> weird story. Uh, okay. Well, I guess the next thing we could go on to. Um, what do you reckon about the themes of this movie in regards to like development, especially in regards to Cap? Like, two of the main ones I saw was like. Um, him always being, well, time, like he's, he's obviously where he is now. He's, oh wait, discluding, not including Endgame. It Avengers, he's in a completely different time. But I feel like that carries out throughout the whole movie. There's like little hints about him being late to stuff or whatever. And then the other theme was like, someone uh, described it as like FOMO, which is like, you know, feeling of missing out. Mm. And there's heaps on that, like, with him wanting to be in the war and then again push forward 70 years and him wanting to go back to obviously his own time and then obviously going forward to endgame him wanting to go back all the way yeah. back so it's yeah. like that's kind of his character arc through the whole uh mcu is 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 that wanting to be somewhere that he's not it's a, that's literally like in the whole thing that he's doing he's like not necessarily 100 percent comfortable where he is or, or or in the body of the person that he is so and it's because it's people he's not used to. So 
Mm. You look at my you look at my background, that's who he wants to be with. <laughs> yeah. And who he goes back to. You can take that to the point of saying he's a soldier that never got to go home. Like, you know, people criticize what's happened. Some people say, Oh, you know, him giving up the shield, Cap will never do that or whatever. But the reality is he's been a, a soldier for such a long time. He's been at war for such a long time. And similar to the Wolverine character, they put him in a position where he's a character that needs peace. And this is the start of that. Yeah. Well, that's has... it. Yeah, go. I was actually yeah. interested that one of the, um, when I watched it today, one of the lines that didn't, I didn't really feel get, got any payoff, which I, when you hear it, you kind of think, oh, they'll use this. Like, it's kind of like, oh, I could do this all day, blah, blah. When he's about to go into the, the surgery or the, the enhancement, the, the super soldier serum, the doctor turns to him when they're, they're about to drink the schnapps and he says to him, um, just remember, like, you're not a perfect soldier, you're just a good man. Like, that's basically, like, oh, yeah. summarised. That's what he says. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like that, like, that seems like a line that they would keep, pull, that they should have kept pulling out throughout the MCU. Like, he's not, like, something he would say, like, I'm not a perfect soldier, like, I'm just a good man, like, all that sort of stuff. But that doesn't really ever come up yeah. ever again. Um, well, I mean, yeah. Sorry, Iron Man kind of twists it in Avengers where he says, like, everything special about you uh, just came out of a, a Petri yeah, right. dish or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, right. Or a lab. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lab. Yeah, Petri yeah. dish in a lab or something. So it says something like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think as far as, as far as themes go in the movie, I think – I won't say themes. I'll talk about, like, timing of the movie. I think that the, they kind of had two openings, the one where they find his body and then the one where – Red Skulls in like uh, is it Norway that he goes to to find the the Tesseract? Yeah, those two scenes both great, but they're kind of both two openings to a movie. And then yeah. I think from that point up to when he goes to Austria and frees Bucky, I think the timing of that was pretty good. Like I, I was actually on board for most of that. The whole like him in the army getting trained, yeah. all that stuff. Like that, that actually was good cinema. I think after that is when I felt like it, it rushed it. Like after yeah, they I come agree. back from that. The movie yeah. didn't really, to me, get its proper ending. And I think that was to do with the timing. They spent so much on that, like, period. Like, he's in the yeah. army. He's, he grew up in Brooklyn. He was skinny. Yeah. And, like, I get why they did all that. Because it helps you get on board with him as a character. Yeah. But then that's why I come back to the whole don't bother with the Howling Commando rubbish. And just, like, yeah. spend some more time on him and Bucky towards the end of that movie. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. do that. Yeah. But how much, how much more can you really show... Of Captain America just going around beating up Nazis. Yeah, like, true. Like you can't, to, you, you can't keep harping on that. Like they, like you, you, there's only like so much you can see of that, and so that's probably why they had to rush it. Where all right, let's just get this storyline done. Like there's not much else to show. But it comes back to the trailer issue where you see it in the trailer, like that looks cool, and then you see it in the movie, it's like yeah, I saw that in the trailer. <laughs> it's the same issue because you expect them to expand upon it from the trailer. So I reckon for me, if I hadn't seen those scenes like Captain America jumping out of an explosion or Captain America on a bike taking down two Hydra agents, if I didn't see that in the trailer and then saw it in the, in the movie and was like, that's it, I probably wouldn't have been as disappointed. Hmm. You reckon they were focused a lot too on... It's like one of the most amazing special effects, I'll say, putting Chris Evans' face on that skinny mm. guy's body. Mm. Like, do you reckon maybe, ah, uh, I don't know if it's an excuse, but as to why they focus so much on that, I guess it was obviously character development, but I don't know. It's, it was like, they were, oh, I don't want to say that, but it, it, it was like they were flexing it, but obviously it, 
it it does deserve praise because that was very convincing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I think they were spending a lot of time on that opening segment and all that stuff, like him as this skinny guy. Because um, you got to think, even that first like ten minutes or fifteen minutes or whatever it is, where he's like getting bounced and rejected, goes to the cinema, gets beat up. Like it's a it's a lot of cinematic time spending on the fact that he's like a nobody. Like it's yeah. a lot. So. Um, but I think it pays off. I think that it's yeah. fine. And I, and I guess like until I rewatched it today, I was like, I didn't even really remember the cheesy, like second, like the, the last third of the movie. Like I kind of <laughs> forgot yeah. about it um, <laughs> until I rewatched it. So yeah, I don't know. I think overall it kind of makes up for it. Um, but yeah. All right. What about for me? One of the bits of the movie that annoys me the most, and I know it's just because it's the Captain America story. But him crashing down with the plane. What? Yeah. The guy's a super soldier. Why could he not jump out of the plane before it crashed? Because he, he made the, the he made, he made the sacrifice play, bro. Don't be like that. <laughs> yeah, but it's but still, it's like one of those annoying things where he didn't have to sacrifice himself. Yeah, well, I, I can't say much other than it's just a theatrical thing, man. Yeah, it's but the obviously story. you know yeah who knows maybe they could have um I think we said it the same thing about Bucky they could have made. They could have delivered things a lot better in regards to death, but that that's obviously a different case because you can think of options of how he could have survived it. But the interaction yeah, between him and Peggy, like I think that's why it distracts me from the fact that he could have jumped out. Like that whole conversation with them, and then the way it cuts out, like they they it's good they went that way because they easily could have gone, "I'm about to die." Tell oh, yeah, yeah. Peggy, I love her. You know, but they went for yeah. a good. Uh, yeah. But yes, I do agree with just... Mark, but they were able to trick me into not focusing on that. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, Yeah, and that's because of the comics, like in all the comic lines. That's how like it happens and he gets frozen, blah, blah. Like they're not going to completely change up such a major factor. Because then they what do you do with him? In the cartoon, didn't they? So. Yeah. Remember. Well, both him and Bucky are in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. They, they both get, uh, well... Well, we'll say dead, even though they are killed, but they, they don't really die. They both get killed in the same, on the same day or whatever it is. Yeah, mm. but it makes more sense why, because he doesn't, he like, grab onto, like, a missile. Spoilers, yeah, yeah. It's like and a then falls into the water, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Bucky stays on it, and, oh, yeah, it's, it's actually for a cartoon. I was like, whoa, that was... But, it's, but it is true, though, what you're saying, Malika. It's like, he, in the first part of the movie, when Howard Stark drives him, I mean, flies him to Austria for some late-night fondue, um and then he's like he jumps out of the plane into the middle of enemy territory when they're all shooting guns and he can't jump out of it like <laughs> out, out of a plane yeah like, as it's getting closer to the like ground out of a plane that's going like slowly <laughs> declining or whatever it's doing like he can't <laughs> grab a parachute like like pretty much all they had to do was say in here oh there's no parachutes like we don't have it. Like, it's like some sort of like yeah. reasonable excuse but, for why he wouldn't jump out of the plane but even that he can still jump out because he yeah, jumps yeah. out of the plane in winter soldier without a parachute yeah it's true yeah. he's like yeah, did he have true. a parachute no he didn't have one yeah that could have been a jab body i'm looking forward to that review that is that that winter soldier movie has in my opinion one of the greatest opening scenes to any marvel movie of all time uh, i just love how in one of the cartoons later they make hulk a winter soldier he gets the Winter Soldier and he becomes based. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's actually one of the best things. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris Evans, before we get into 
uh, him completely. I reckon he's the king of um, having roles and then taking on another one and then not like having not tarnishing your reputation. Like for a bit of background on that, he was obviously Human Torch, mm. and the, the next one to take on Human Torch, Michael B. Jordan, becomes uh, uh, Killmonger, yeah. and then in Captain America itself. So the Howling Commandos, you had that Asian dude, uh, Morito or something. He, yeah. there's an Easter egg in Homecoming again, and the principal, the Asian one, is his grandson. It's the same actor. <laughs> yeah, same actor. And then there's another bit where there's a chick asking Cap for like an autograph or when he's taking photos, and um, he has his mask off. And that chick, she plays um, Star Lord's mom in Guardians too. So is that actually Star Lord's mom, or is that just? I don't know, but like Chris Evans seems <laughs> to be the king of just like. He, he just paves a way for people to take on two different roles in Marvel movies. <laughs> it's because it's because of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, there's 70 years between, or almost 80 years, time difference between his roles in the movies. So that's why they, they can just keep going back and grabbing characters and doing things. But this could have gone so wrong because I remember them talking about Channing Tatum being Captain America. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. They had like, even um, even though I like him, John Krasinski from The Office, he was going to be Captain America at some point as well. Like they had a oh. lot of, yeah, like, he's he's teed to be Mr. Fantastic. A lot of people are yeah, yeah, Mr. Fantastic. Happens. I'm actually on board for that. Yeah, yeah, I, think, so I, think, so I think I think his wife should be in it. Emily Blunt should be in it as um, Sue Storm. That's yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, they, should have Ke- they should have Kevin from the office and just have a reunion. <laughs> um, he's Doctor. He's Doctor Doom. Did Krasinski, um <laughs> Did he go for Thor as well, or just Cap? Cap, but um, he uh, saw Chris Hemsworth walk oh, yeah, past right, him, yeah. and he was like, nah. "Yeah, no, nah, I can't. I can't live up to that. So screw that." <laughs> uh, um, Chris Evans is pretty diverse, though. Like I thought. Of all the, like, let's say the main three, Robert Downey, Hemsworth, and him. Actually, they're pretty even. I thought he'd be one who'd be stuck in that role, like, say, in other movies, like, oh, he's just Captain America. But I didn't realise how diverse he was until, like, obviously a bit after, like, these movies, Endgame and all that, where he's doing stuff like theatre, and then me and Fitzy saw, what was it, Knives Out, and Forget I was like... what you say next. Forget what you say next. We saw <laughs> Knives Out, and then, all oh, right. Like a spoiler-free. <laughs> he's good in it. <laughs> yeah, he's very good. He's. I thought I. I was like, I'm just seeing Cap, but he's 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 very good in it. So let's just put it that way. <laughs> There's also someone else who almost played Cap. And you guys know the um, me. <laughs> is it a shooter TV show? Yeah. Are you talking about the 1990 yeah. movie. Shooter. Or... No, no, the Mark TV Wahlberg. show Shooter. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Ryan Philippi. Yeah, yeah, he almost played him as well. Really? He's, he's a bit tiny. short, but yeah, yeah, he's a bit of a shorty. Mm, it was him and Krasinski. Yeah. Mm. Lucky bastard think... getting to do shooter with um, Spivet. But, like, when they um, announced Chris Evans at the time, I was like, he's the human torch. Because, like, that's the mm. first thing that goes through your head. It's like, he was the human torch. Or, like, with Green, I don't know, like, I, th- I didn't think it with Ryan Reynolds so much, but there are times where I'm like, he's already played this character, he can't do this character. But I think by Chris Evans playing Captain America, it showed you yeah. can 
Yeah. You know, you can star in a forgettable superhero movie, but then redeem yourself <laughs> in a more memorable yeah. one. Yeah. Mm. Well, this this first first Avenger was on the cusp of nah, uh, I won't say forgettable. It wasn't. Whoa. Far. Yeah. Um we haven't even started talking about Peggy Carter yet. <laughs> unforgettable. Well, we might as well. Wanna wanna lead into that? Peggy Carter, what did we think of her? Right. Okay. Look, I'm it's hard. Gonna... It's hard to look. She's better than Natalie Portman as, as a leading lady. Oh, yes, just because yeah, I think definitely. Natalie Portman ruined. She tarnished anything to do with the MCU because she just hated it so much. Yeah. Um, well, now, but I don't. Now but she's I don't. Be Thor. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think she's as. I don't think Peggy Thor, did yeah. as good as did as good as a job as um as Pepper Potts. Like as in, as in, if you're talking about characters as leading ladies, I actually think. Wow, no, I just wow. I, I'm actually surprised. Cool. Yeah, I'm surprised too. <laughs> I, I think Pepper Potts means more to the MCU is what I'm getting at. That's 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 what I'm saying. I know we talk about the whole Peggy thing and it's part of Cap's arc, but then like there's a lot in Endgame as an example that has to do with with um, Pepper Potts and them having a daughter and like there's a lot in that oh, movie yeah. about about her. Yeah, but that's, but that's back, multiple movies versus one. Yeah, yeah it's true. Going back to say like Iron Man two that came out just before this, like, well, like, do you feel that at the time, Agent Carter took more? Like, she came across as more of that progressive type character compared to Pepper Potts. Yeah, I agree. I think some people wouldn't have enjoyed her for that reason, though. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I think there'd be people that watch the movie that kind of go, oh, "I'm not, um, I'm not buying into this romance as much as what everybody else is." Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Oh, I just don't think yeah. they would have bought into it as much. And I think people yeah. would have viewed Pepper Potts as a as a better leading lady at that time. I think now yeah. it, maybe it's different, and um, and and maybe it means I don't know. I'm not sure, but yeah, that's my opinion. I, yeah, I, I love sure. I love Peggy Carter. Like, don't get me wrong. I think she's a great leading lady, but I, I think that um, yeah, I think that there's times in it which we don't really ever get a, a reasonable excuse. I know we kind of do in Howard Stark's like, oh, you don't understand what a woman is. But like, what does late night fun do mean, and what were they doing? Like, we don't really get a reason. Was it a Netflix what, and chill or? Yeah, but like, what were they Howard doing? Stark School says Netflix that was chill. just fun do. Yeah, I know I he know. says that, but yeah. but do you believe Howard Stark? Let's be real. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think too, like, that like comparison, that thought <laughs> is like, yeah, well, the dynamic between the two pairs, Peggy and Cap are, um, then their, their relationship isn't as dependent on like, uh, what's her name? Pepper has to rely on Iron Man heaps more than Peggy yeah. has to rely on Cap. So that's probably why. Which is, which is a contrast to the times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd think it would be the other way around, where um, Peggy Carter and Kappa from the forties. Oh yeah, would be that's true. Fully, yeah. fully dependent on the male, but it's the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But she, she was in the military, so yeah. But they did, they did like. Um, oh no, they still redeemed that scene where, because like you know he she punches that guy in the face and he was trying to undermine her in a way oh well we can go to like underrated characters and i reckon i don't know if it's underrated to you but tommy lee jones was pretty solid in it he was like yeah he had a short bit but it was yeah 
but it was like it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was a good little cameo that he did. Yeah, and especially when he was like developing um, Cap's character with stuff yeah. like throwing the grenade, and then Cap jumping on it, which is a huge scene. Obviously, that that is Tommy Lee Jones though. Like he just plays that old dude. Yeah. Like he's a captain or he's a general or something. Like in every movie, I swear he's done. He just plays the same guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's just him playing himself, pretty much. Yeah. And then he goes and drinks the boss coffee in Japan. <laughs> Japan, yeah. yeah, apparently. Like, he's everywhere. <laughs> he's very diverse, that guy. Yeah. Um, there's also another one whose name I always forget for some reason, but I, I know it now. Arnim Zola. Um, oh, yeah, Zola. Yeah. I reckon he was... Well, uh, we obviously reckon he was underused. I don't know about the opinions of the other lads who... We'll ask them when they get back, but I reckon because yeah, of what we've seen in the in the cartoons and stuff. Yeah, I reckon he hasn't yeah. been used very, very well yet, unless they're just saving him. Yeah, I I I think all the Captain America villains. We all have like Baron Zemo, Zola, Red Skull. We um, haven't really seen them used to any potential. Oh, the one was a big. That was a big shame. Was the one in um. Civil War, Wolf, Wolfgang or something. <laughs> Can't remember his name. Not the one that's the UFC guy. Oh no, not GSP. Oh no, in no in Civil War. Sorry. Oh, uh, Civil War. Uh, what's his name? No. Was it Civil War? No, it's Age of Ultron. Freak. Um, <laughs> Going all over the place. Is it Strucker? Oh yeah, Baron Strucker. Yeah, he's another one. I think you see Strucker in um, Agents of Shield. Same, oh, really? I think. Oh, yeah, I think he's son in the. Yeah. Isn't his son in Agents of Shield, not actually him. Yeah, I think so. And he's oh, just the psych. He's a full psycho, like he's psychotic as well, full sociopath. So we were talking about different side characters that had like pretty big impact in the movie, even though their roles were, I wouldn't say diminished, but they were pretty short. And one of them was Tommy Lee Jones as Captain Chester Phillips and Artem Zola. I felt like Tommy Lee Jones had a pretty prominent role in the film. I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't see him. He could have done much more than what he did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought he did well, especially well in Captain America's development, especially showing that scene. Well, obviously at first he didn't, he didn't recognize it. He's just like some skinny kid. <laughs> it's like, he makes yeah. me want to cry, but then he throws the grenade out and then, that scene is huge. Well, Tommy Lee Jones was what Tommy Lee Jones should be in a superhero movie, which is like that meme set. Yeah, that meme <laughs> says he always looks like his son just told him he's going to take up unicycling. Like, there's this constant disappointed man. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks... Yeah, yeah. Like, that scene with him and Adam Zola, I'm not sure if you guys covered this, where he just starts eating that steak in front of him. Like, I still That's remember great. that scene. Like, yeah, like it could have, they could have easily gone for a stereotypical scene where he's like, all right, tell me what you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. But no, he pulls out a steak. And he's like, yeah, if you don't eat it, I'm going to eat it and we're going to have a chat. Like, that's, <laughs> that's good acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Well, what do you reckon of Zola? Toby Jane. Um, yeah, yeah I, no, I liked Zola in the film. I just, obviously, from hindsight, he's had, more of an impact later. Like when I think of Zola, I think of that computer scene from Winter Soldier <laughs> more than I think about 
him in the <laughs> first role one. In, yeah. That was actually yeah, like yeah. pretty a pretty like scary scene. It was done well. Yeah. In in uh, I think that's more because in First Avenger he's the psychic to the Red Skull. So yeah, he's yeah. overshadowed about, by Skull. Yeah. And everything about him comes from that. Yeah. Well later yeah. on it's like, no, 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 I'm the guy that infiltrated Shield. I'm the seed of Hydra. So yeah. that's probably why he doesn't stand out as much in the first film for me. And his 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 physical stature just shows like he, he's tiny. But yeah, like well, there is an Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> there is an Easter egg in the movie where like you see his face on like this massive screen and then it's like apparently yeah, it's like, like in the comics. Costume. And then there's a blueprint actually of his costume as well. Okay. But, like, do you reckon there's potential for him? Because uh, obviously in the comics and animations, he's used a lot more than what he used in the movie. Do you reckon there's mm. potential for use of him in further movies? I'll let Mark go first. <laughs> oh, it just depends where the MCU goes. Yeah. No one... No one's quite sure at the moment where it's going. Like, they're releasing a lot of TV... Like, they're going to release a lot of TV shows as side stories, and we know Thor, um, the new Thor's coming out and another Black Panther. But yeah. no one knows what's happening with the rest. Like, Captain America, he's old now. Like, there probably won't be another solo unless it's um, Bucky or Sam Falcon. But other than that, like will his will his villains ever come back? Who knows? Yeah, I think I think as Avengers, it should go a different way. Whether they do scrolls or they do first X Men or I don't know where, but whichever way they go. Yeah, I yeah. feel like they've tied a knot on the Hydra storyline, and that's the thing with yeah. Zola. Like the MCU has come to a point that they can go more into. Like they've had a grounding. They've dealt with realism, so if they wanted to have more a comic book accurate Zola, they could. But they've just Zola's so connected to what Hydra is, mm. and Hydra's become <clears throat> such a completed story arc. There's nowhere really you can go with it anymore. Yeah. The same thing with the Thanos storyline. It's just more like, okay, what's next? Especially yeah. if you bring in Agents of Shield, where Hydra is still alive. Um. Like you've got Ward, who's Hydra, and then they sort of disappear for a bit, but then Hydra comes back because you've got um, Strucker's grandson or son or whatever it is. So they've already fleshed out the Hydra story as much as they can, and it's done. Like even like Agents of Shield went completely cosmic, and they've gone back in time and forwards in time, and that's it. They've brought the Kree in and all that. So yeah, that's done. And, like, you don't want Hydra to become, like, what the hand was in the Marvel Netflix series, which was just, <laughs> which, yeah. uh, my own opinions on that, but just the whole idea of just <laughs> losing that thing that keeps it interesting. Isn't uh, the hand from Ninja Turtles as well? The foot. No, that's, that's the no, foot. No, that's the foot. Yeah, <laughs> different body part. <laughs> um... I think one of the things I said in oh, we we said in the Iron Man movies where it lacks any kind of like uh, build up towards Infinity Saga, but it does well for character development of Iron Man. But also, it's like they do well in it in setting up for 
for example, Iron Man 1 and 2, they were only setting up for the next Avengers film. And number three was setting up kind of like what, a, what Tony was going to be, like the way, the reasoning behind Tony's um, mentality for Ultron. With Captain America, I think it was one of the rare ones that actually did both set up for Avengers, but also at the same time set up for Infinity Saga with the, um, the Tesseract. Yeah. But Thor, like, yeah, but they were the, yeah, that's where Marvel did it really well in that they did character origin stories. They, so you got to know the characters so that when Avengers happened, you knew what you were talking, like who they were, why they acted the way they did. And then they also brought in those small little things like the Infinity Stones and that building up to their brand, their grand 10 year plan. Yeah. Where, Did you guys? Um, sorry, I was just going to say, and that's where DC sort of didn't do it right with the mother boxes. <laughs> oh, I know, kind of, yeah, but but like they've gone. Let's do these massive grand movies, and then let's do our origin stories. And it's like, well, what's the point? Like, you didn't do the big movies properly. How are you going to get one single origin story proper? Yeah, but what I was going to say was, um, did you guys cover about um, the ending? Because I got a bit confused with the ending because I was like, okay, we've got the test rack. It's got all this power. So what I'm going to do is fly a plane and just nuke America. That's what I got from... Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure... Oh, Red, nukes as to Red Skull's like, like final plan in, yeah. Yeah. plan in the end. Yeah, like were those nukes Tesseract powered? I, it was just a very confusing... Yeah, they were. Like, yeah, yeah all, so. all the weapons he was developing was, um, yeah, essentially powered by the Tesseract. Yeah. And, but yeah, I do, yeah. I'm not exactly entirely sure what his goal was. was or, how, or how they were Tesseract powered. Like, that means Zola. Or why? Like, like, what's the... Yeah, continue. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, that just shows Zola's genius like, yeah, yeah if back obviously. then he could get weapons that in that use the power of infinity stones and then they're struggling to do that properly in the 21st century like probably another bit of a wasted bit of character yeah but um i think that was another thing that kind of just threw it a bit off for me because like i said like i don't know i, I enjoyed it more as time got on but like that's just the whole thing of like you know cap jumping into like i think yeah, it was the party. He jumps on the nuke and then it flies out. And he has to fly it back in. And then, you know, like just that whole part of the film just kind of threw it a bit off for me because I felt like they could have done something better with this whole idea. Like you got this powerful Infinity Stone. What You can use it for such more interesting things than just, oh, well, we're just going to nuke America. Like you yeah, can just yeah. use, use nukes. Well, I don't know if Germany had nukes at the time. Yeah. But... Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess essentially because our focus was on uh, Cap and uh, what, and what's going to happen to him and um, the eventual Avengers movie, it did take away from what, what the actual plot of the movie was in the end with um, Red Skull's plan. But he yeah. does say in the movie, I've seen the future. And to me, that can mean like, two different things. Either he's had some kind of encounter with the stone, even though he only touches it at the end, or 
he does have plans with the um, Tesseract and as to what kind of things you can develop. But even then again, that's like, it's pretty broad. But it's interesting you say that because if that's true, it would explain why he killed the Nazis and was like, all right, no Hydra, because he knew the Nazis couldn't last after the war. Yeah. He, knew, he knew that Hydra could have lived on and yeah. having the Infinity Stones could mean their purpose could go beyond that. So if we take yeah. it with that meeting, it adds a whole different layer to the film. With the Tesseract. Um, so I, I, I don't think we knew it was an Infinity Stone, obviously. We don't really find out. But did you guys think any of it? Because like, I could only draw from like the, anim, uh, the TV show, and I thought it was the Cosmic Cube, but it obviously wasn't. It is, isn't it? It's just a different name for it. Uh, I don't know. Because it's an infinity yeah. stone. <laughs> yeah, but I think maybe they just like oh, they they added just... more to it. Oh, okay. Well, then, there you go. Tim. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shut that dog off. <laughs> oh, actually, that reminds me of Howling Commandos. Um, so apparently... <laughs> um, so there yeah, are... that, it, is, it is the Cosmic Cube. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. They renamed uh, it the Tesseract. The Space uh, Stone. Oh, they made it better than in the movie, I reckon. They made it better for the movie universe. But... um, It was better in the movie universe? Better suited. Oh, yeah. I should say. Um, So there were a bunch of cameos in the movie. Uh, We didn't even talk about Stan Lee's one in Iron Man 1, but he had one in this one. But um, did you guys know that next to him... Uh, was the guy who used to play Captain America? Who, uh, like the one what? with the motorbike helmet, Captain America? Oh <laughs> like no, old... no, I didn't know that. I didn't no, know I either. Didn't know. I found that out today. Oh, but I yeah, because was... I only know um, J.D. Salinger, who played him in the '90s in the Forgettable '90s film, but I didn't know much about the '70s Captain America. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, he was next to Stan. Where Stan's like, uh, I thought he'd be, no. Uh, does he say, I thought he'd be bigger? Can't remember. Oh, I, th- I thought he would be taller. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Just watch the movie today. You've forgotten his line already. <laughs> and then, oh, my mind was on a lot of things. But um, apparently Feige said he had plans for a cameo from Logan, for, for Logan, as one of the Howling Commandos. As Wolverine? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they fought together in the war. Yeah. one of the comic lines i'm pretty sure which i feel like that would have been good yeah it would have added a lot to it but i feel like that would have changed the movie maybe like quite a bit <laughs> oh damn chance didn't hear that yeah so. oh yeah that would have been that would have been a huge well, for the, that would have been for strange. the commandos maybe i don't know well because like because wolverine like if it happened now it would be a big thing because it's like oh does that mean wolverine's back but at the time, X-Men had its own thing going on. Mm. So, like, if they were able to hit a deal where you just see Hugh Jackman rock up in a scene, yeah, oh, okay. I don't think... It would have been confusing. I don't know if it would have been, because, like, you look at, like, X-Men Origins Wolverine, the part of the film people like is the beginning when he's in the war. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, it really depends how into the whole superhero lore you are, obviously, but... yeah. Oh, I f- oh, yeah. yeah, I feel like maybe they would have just done it as something to get people excited for like a little bit, like just to appreciate. Because mm-hmm. they did it in the cartoon where um, uh, Fury's dad, who's 
also a howling commander in the cartoon. He calls yeah, out Logan. Oh, yeah. yeah, he calls out Logan and you see Wolverine for a bit. And like okay. only real fans would have like um well anyone would have caught on to it, but like everyone's like oh. it could be like the X-Men first class, because you're like I don't know how you guys felt when you saw that movie, but I was like, I'm not sure what this is. Is this a prequel? Is this a reboot? I don't know. But when Logan shows up in that very small scene, I didn't care. Like, he shows up. I wasn't like, what's he doing there? How does this work? I was just like, I'm just appreciating that Logan's got this scene and he's full Wolverine in this scene. Yeah. So I guess this depends how they would have done it. They couldn't have done it without Hugh Jackman. But I think if they did it right, it could just be like, oh, Hugh Jackman, that's fun. But I do yeah. understand there might be a bit of confusion. Yeah. Here's another Easter egg slash cameo for you. Just after a bit of Googling. Yeah. At the Stark Expo, you see the original Human Torch. Yeah, in the glass. I think it's yeah. in the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he was an android created by Timely Comics, which became Marvel Comics. That's pretty cool. There you go. And also because yeah. Chris Evans is in the, is in the movie. Yeah. Um, and apparently they wanted a cameo to just back on the X-Men thing for um, Eric Lenscher, Magneto. <laughs> I don't know. That one might have been forced. Yeah. Yeah, how would that have worked? I don't know. Yeah. Camp prisoner or something. I don't know. Yeah, but that would have its own connotations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, well, they obviously couldn't do it and they didn't do it. And yeah. That one would have been a, a pretty big stretch. Yeah, I think so too. Tyrell makes a cameo in the movie. <laughs> Natalie Dormer. <laughs> yeah, I'm just oh, yeah. looking at that. It's funny that you said that. That's literally <laughs> what I'm Googling right now. But it's, it's not like it's a Game of Thrones character or anything. But, like, that's such a random Yeah, she's the blonde. Was she big in that movie? Or, or, or like, by that time, was she big yet? Or was she just taken no, on whatever? I remember the she movie. Was, she was in Tudors. That's it. She was uh, in Tudors before um game of thrones yeah but when the movie first came out they released photos of captain america and she was in one of the photos so that's why oh. she stood out to me because like oh there's that chick from the photo and oh, then okay. that face stuck in my head so when i saw game of thrones i was like oh it's her again <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if we talked like we we kind of talk a little bit about but more so his dynamic with captain america but um Sebastian Stan, Bucky Barnes. Um, what did you guys think of him in um, in this? I liked him, like I said, because I like we used to joke about it. I was not a fan of the Bucky because I did my research of Bucky before the movie came out, and obviously saw him in the cartoon. I didn't like Robin. You did the voice well. Do the young Bucky voice. The <laughs> oh, I can't even remember it. You know, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's like, all right, Cap, sorry, let's Cap. do it. Yeah, yeah, you used to do it better, but <laughs> you get the point. Like, it's like, yeah. come on, Cap, you know, it's just like that fanboy of Caps. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. to make him into an actual relatable character and actually, and like, it makes a lot more sense, you know, two men who grow, who grew up together going to war than rather than just this. Guys, like I look up to you, Captain America. I'm gonna go with you wherever you go in the war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, that wouldn't suit the Winter Soldier very well. Like no. the way they've done it, it suits Winter Soldier. He's that battle hardened 
character who's been in heaps of bad like heaps of wars or not many wars but like yeah he's been yeah. in a few firefights he's just hard and he's a seasoned soldier yeah well yeah. I mean, if yeah. there was like some fanboy would have been crap it's more obvious there that there's a side to him that um well you could call it darkness but he's being mind controlled so it's hard to yeah. say what, what is mm. what it is i think about this Imagine if Tom Holland played Bucky. Oh, I could see the younger one, that cheesy version one, because it, yeah, yeah. it fits perfectly. It, it, it looks like it looks like a kid. It looks like a kid playing Bucky. Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean by um, it's better than that cartoony Robin one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess carrying themes were. Uh, so Cap. Uh, one of the, his big things is putting his life down on the line. You saw it with the um, the grenade scene, and then obviously crashing the plane down, which somehow saved the world when he had other options to survive. <laughs> but um, they they carry that on, and they contrast it with his character to Iron Man, whose whole development was, I guess, well especially in Avengers, his change from thinking about himself to making the sacrifice play all the way to Endgame. I thought it was, it was kind of perfect for Civil War. Like, but it's just like showing Cap, the difference between Cap and Tony. It's why there's such a good contrast between them leading up to Civil War. So that's one aspect of Civil War, I reckon, that... So wait, the more... Did work well. Are you saying... Because, like, I was watching Endgame the other day and I had the part where Tony says to him, and it didn't st um, stand out to me before, where he says, you know, I wanted to build a suit around the world, whether that man taking away your precious civil liberties or not. And yeah. it, it built that contrast. Is that what you're talking about? That contrast between Tony's willing to do whatever, even if it's yeah grey, while yeah. Cap will always go for what is what is considered the moral ethical way reg right. regardless of is, is that what we're saying yeah but like they i feel like both draw draw out sides of one another that's opposite like even though cap was saying what's morally like morally right he was pretty selfish in a way in civil war in wanting to even though it was right obviously but he's just trying to save his friend but he still could have uh, I have my questions about that, but we'll get to that when we get the Civil Wars. <laughs> but well, no, okay. but I, I do see where you're coming from, Zeta, and I th do think that a little bit. Like yeah. it's he's not he's all sort of, perfect. <laughs> yeah, like he follows Bucky and tries to protect him the whole time. When really, you can argue he wasn't in the right at all in that. It's arguable. Like, yeah, it's it's an arguable point. I, just I, think don't like comes back to, I think it comes back to the point of you're innocent until proven guilty. And yeah. I think that's where Cap's coming from that, you know, while Iron Man's more just, this is what it looks like. We need to stop it before it becomes something. Yeah. So well, again, yeah. So, yeah. And he had guilt on his back for, or Tony did anyway. Well, Cap potentially did too, because he lost Bucky and he's just like just trying to help him get, get his way back. But yeah, Cap yeah. would have had survivor's guilt. I guess the ultimate um, yeah. selfish play or thing for Cap, which I, at, 
he deserves he does he deserves to do what he's want what he wants at that point is in any game where he goes back and just stays with Peggy. Yeah. yeah, but we said this before. Well, I said it about how the whole idea of he he's the soldier that never got to go home. Yeah, and then but and again, it comes back to the whole thing of you know if a soldier after a war goes home to his family, is that I know that's a real life question, but I still apply yeah. that to Captain America. You know, he fought the ultimate war. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. he has a right uh, to go and live a life. Yeah. yeah. At that point, he's done. He's finished his war. Yeah. He's left and yeah. the he's left it to the future general. He's left it to the others. Yeah. He's gone, I've fought my wars and battles. Now it's time for you guys to continue. Yeah. And he's literally lived a lifetime. Well, Two. It's hard. It's hard to say because he's young and pretty much the whole thing. But I would yeah. say he's pretty much lived a lifetime of fighting. So, yeah, yeah. he's he's the Superman. Like, he's the Superman of the MCU in the sense yeah. of he's dedicated his life to inspiring others and to be a symbol of hope. And he's once he's achieved that, he has his right to go and live the life that he gave up from the beginning. Yeah. I think in essence, what I was trying to say is that from Iron Man 1 and Captain America 1, the contrast between them, I think, was developed really well so that they could have that, you know, that head, that clash between them all the way throughout um, the movie, just because their characters are obviously so different in regards to selflessness. And, but like at the end of the day, they both do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. They have uh, their sort of own way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I see that similarity between, like I said in the last one, about, you know, Tony essentially, to me, died in that cave. And him, what he did afterwards was his second, his second life, that second time to do the right thing. The same way I say with Cap. Like, they both have had two lives. One life where they did what they wanted and another life where they lived for others. So I see that as a similarity between the two characters. I feel like the shield, Captain America's shield was like everywhere in, um, throughout the movies. But um, um, it, within the movie itself, you had a lot leading up to what became the shield. And someone compared it to how Iron Man's suits went from a box of scraps to uh, what it became at the end with Cap. <laughs> It's, it's, it's more subtle, but like you had a trash can lid and a car door and then the prop that he used. But it's just another small thing where there's that. Yeah, then it becomes vibranium. And then speaking of vibranium, where do you guys wonder that vibranium came from? It comes um, from... Obviously Wakanda, but like where did Stark get it? In the comics... Yeah, so... Sorry, let Mark say this. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, in the comics and in some of it, he lands in Wakanda for a mission or something accidentally. And then he becomes friends with um, T'Challa's grandpa. Okay. Like he, he, he's like, it's an outsider, but it's like one of the few honourable people he's ever met in his life. And he gives him the lump of vibranium, I think, or he gives him the shield as like a gift present uh -huh. thing. Because he realizes he'll only use it for good, not for bad. I read somewhere, and this might be a different version, where they said some 
vibranium they found in Antarctica, which again, it could be wrong, but it was just like a, a tiny little bit of it. But again, different versions and different series. So. Yeah, different yeah. storylines. Yeah. Within the context of the movie, does, doesn't Vibranium, it like, did it fall as a meteor? Yeah. So it could like, I guess it could have landed anywhere. But like, yeah. thinking again, uh, or even though Ulysses' claw was way ahead, he was saying that he was the only one who ever had um, a stock of Vibranium or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Was a weird one. I think they've done his timeline a little different. Yeah, um, I think in the comics, Claw is earlier than what we see in Black Panther. Oh, okay. And it comes back to you know how like in the Avengers when Nick Fury's like, oh, because of now we know that Thor and his ra uh, race of beings exist, we now have to create weapons. But then in the nineties, he ran into the Skrulls. Like it's just. I think it comes back to, I don't know, I, I'm sure the MCU can work around that, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's a big universe. There's going to be some discrepancies. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it might have been like maybe even though different times, but wherever Claw got it from, he, it, was, it was obviously like dirty dealing or whatever. Maybe Howard was doing some, some behind the scenes <laughs> stuff and it was just like he didn't get it in a way that was very uh, favorable. Yeah. That's why it might have been hidden. Well, Tony, I think he had dealings with Claw. I don't know. It was implied that they had some sort of connection in yeah. Age of Ultron. So you don't know how yeah, far think... they could have gone back in regards. Yeah. I think Claw was one of the first to infiltrate Wakanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. Like an outsider. 19... 1992, Claw was recruited by Njobu to steal a stockpile of vibranium from Wakanda. So no, he, oh, that's way ahead though, obviously. But yeah. yeah. But still earlier than what we see. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that's MCU. One second. Ah. What a Marvel Comics not MCU. No, while you're looking, there's other Easter eggs too, like uh I think we I don't know if we talked about it in the last one, but the serum and the process of creating the uh winter soldier similar to uh, what the Hulk was trying to achieve, except they use gamma radiation. But in Incredible Hulk, they use a version of the Captain America serum on... Yeah, that's right. Blonsky. And then mm -hmm. the last Easter egg I saw was... It's not that big, but the scene at the beginning in Norway where Red Skull's getting the uh, Tesseract, it's apparently the same place where Odin fights the elves or something. And then... It's also the, the place where, the back. also the place where New Asgard is. New Asgard yeah. is in the one Infinity, sorry, Endgame. Yeah. Oh yeah, because that's in Norway. Yeah, which I thought okay. was pretty, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it was good Captain America came after Thor, because like, if we saw that tree, well, we, we, I mean, we may have picked it, but I reckon we would have saw that tree, well, most people saw that tree after, before Thor, they would have been like, okay, but coming off the mythology of Thor and seeing that, but like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're interesting. Mm. Yeah, when he, when he said interesting, I was like, that's, it, it would have meant nothing to me unless, obviously, Thor had come out first. Yeah, yeah. Which is another good bit of directing and production from Marvel. 
I was going to say to Chance, uh, even though he's not on, he's uh, he's the Phil Coulson in um in the Avengers, where he's just like the ultimate fanboy of Captain America. <laughs> he's got he's, his trading card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, in closing, where would you rank Captain America? His movie, this movie, and what would you rate it? Oh, uh, and in regards to rank, um, just for Phase One Avengers, rank like ranking. Oh wow, I have to like count how many movies are in Phase One. Um, let's just let's. What about if we say origin stories? Yeah, like in the whole movie universe. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, or in the origin stories for MCU. Okay. All right, I now have to count how many origin stories there are. <laughs> oh, you can just say high or low. Or on, a movie, on a movie rating, I'll, I'll probably give it a good... Uh, it's hard. Either six and a half or seven out of ten. Okay, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'll... Wait, so how are we going to like rank it? Like, oh, In regards to origin stories... Uh... That's uh, a hard question. <laughs> uh, well, it's not. I won't say it's near Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, like, like, is there an origin story? I, I'm not a big. Oh, this is hard. I have to rethink the whole MCU. <laughs> well, you've got you've got Thor, Cap, Iron Man, Black Panther, Hulk. They're the only they're the only origin stories we've seen. Yeah. Oh, Ant Man. Oh yeah, and Ant Man. Yeah. I forgot that existed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hard because if I put Captain America at the bot, like at the bottom, I'm trying to I say I'm saying it sucked, but it's not that. I'm just saying I just prefer the other origin stories, but I still enjoy the movie. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's fair to say. That, yeah. that's your that's your rate of ranking. Yeah, I yeah I don't know. I have it somewhere in the like middle tier or yeah I'd say it's a middle tier movie. As for origin on like ranking, and this is putting aside like, I don't think it's fair to rate Infinity War Endgame with like the I just I just put them aside and then just rate the other ones separately. To be honest, well, the the only one that sits in there is Black Panther, origin. For you, oh, all right. Yeah, that's 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 number one for me. Fair enough. It's the best origin out there. Obviously, mine's Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man's my one. I'd have to put Thor ahead of this one just because I feel like it's another discussion entirely, but I feel like Thor went against the structure of the origin story more compared to this one. As in, it wasn't about someone getting powers, it was about someone losing powers but becoming mm. the character. So yeah. That's why I have to put Thor ahead of this one. Yeah, um, I'd rate the movie a six or even a seven. Probably a solid seven. Yeah. And yeah, I'd agree on yeah, I won't say it's forgettable, but I won't say it's memorable. It's somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's more memorable just because of our appreciation of Endgame and Captain America. And Winter Soldier obviously carries it a bit. Yeah, and it's, I rank, it serves its purpose. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I rank Captain America uh, pretty up there. No, no, like putting aside power and movies and that just for like things he stands for and that he, he's yeah. he's the avengers assemble guy like if you're gonna look to a leader uh I look reckon to him. pretty up there yeah 
But in saying that, and this is what I was trying to make the point in the beginning, is I still think, even though I, I enjoy it, I think there's a lot of potential in a superhero in a World War II setting. And yes, Captain America wasn't bad, but I still feel there's, there's a lot more you can do with that setting. Right? Yeah, I'd agree with you, boys. It's all sort of middle tier for me. It's nothing too exciting. It's not, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can agree. It wasn't a bad thing. its purpose. No. And, yeah, and that's the thing with the MCU. I'd say all the movies in it, like, in comparison to what came before, like the, I say, Nick Cage, Ghost Rider, or whatever, whatever. Electra. Electra, yeah. Whatever movies came before, they, they're more the, we're the, they're the ones we forget about and we don't talk about that much. But these movies will always, I think, will have some level of, yeah, nah, this is, this is official to us. This is the official superhero movie to us. And yeah. I think we include Captain America in that. Yeah, um, I do agree um, with what you said. The, the MCU, specific MCU movies in comparison to all the ones beforehand, uh, what helps too is, like Malika said, it serves its purpose. And all the yeah. movies had purpose in this whole Infinity Saga of like 20 yeah. movies or whatever it is. Yeah. Exactly. Leading up to something bigger. Yeah, 100%. So, Alrighty. that's that's all we have for First Avenger. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>